Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Uh, today's episode 107, Current Events, uh, and it is August 17th, right? Yeah, August 17th. We got, our, through the month. we got our Bros and Business event tonight. Yeah, um, slightly, slightly nervous about it, being that our guest speaker um, bailed on us at like 8 a.m. this morning. But uh, luckily, you pulled out something, and we got a, another speaker coming tonight, which I'm like, I'm pretty excited for it because I think he's going to be like pretty interesting. Yeah. So the guy we're supposed to have on, Zach Schaefer, uh, who's a professional speaker, he ended up getting sick. Uh, And then uh, if you're a local person or know the digital marketing world at all, we actually pulled Steve Nations, who showed up at one of our last speaking events when Josh Sample was there and was just shithoused. Yeah, just completely wasted, like yelling at Sample as he was talking. It was pretty entertaining. So um, I think tonight should be fun. Yeah, so Steve Nations is a a digital marketing expert for the most part. Uh, He's going to talk to us about how to build a a social media presence and how to build a following on social media, which honestly, I was like, this would benefit us. This is what we're looking to do. Yeah, 100%. I was like, okay, well, this is going to work for us great. Maybe some of our attendees might not get quite as much value out of it as uh, Zach Schaefer, but Zach's not going to be there and Nations is, so yep. it should be good. Should be good. And then the other thing that scared us was we didn't have an event space. And uh, when Dan offered his up, his is like last minute. He's there right now, basically yeah. putting the finishing touches on his building. Which which I think is also cool. I mean, uh, it's going to be neat to see Dan's place. We've heard a lot about it. Um, it looks like he's had a ton of work done. So I'm excited to check it out. Um, it's going to be cool to like pat him on the back and say, hey, way to go, dude. This looks great. Or yep. just fucking roast him and tell him to work harder. Yeah, it'll be cool. So uh, we've got, you and I obviously came up with some tops we want to talk about. Besides the news stuff, anything else, anything going on in your world? Man, I am just like absolutely slam busy. Uh, kids started sports. That's like normally, this is Wednesday that we're recording this podcast. They normally have soccer tonight. Uh, skip the kids stuff because we have our mastermind event tonight. My daughter starts kindergarten on Monday, which is like kind of like a, you know, reality check to think that like time really does fly. I'm excited for it. I'm also probably going to be like a little pansy bitch and cry when she gets on the on the school bus for the first time. But um, <laughs> just work, honestly, is like I every time I feel like we start getting caught up, like another purchase order comes through. Uh, we're quoting some parts that. Normally, I get all these jobs from this company that are supposed to go into orbit, right? which would be super cool to say that we sent something into space. But overall, just the same old grind for me, uh, work, family, and that's about it. About yeah. you, man. Um, so, well, first off, if you do cry, can you please have your wife get that on video and we can make a reel out of it? Well, I'm sure she will because normally, like, she's like definitely like the more emotional person. But then like when it comes to something that like, should be emotional, like mm-hmm. your daughter going off to kindergarten. She'll be like rock solid, hold it together, and I'll be over there just like balling. So right. I'm sure she'll make fun of me. Yeah. Well, um, not too much. I, well, speaking of, well, I guess on the topic of emotional. So this past weekend, I got to officiate a buddy's wedding. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which was really cool. And so it was fun. And I got like slightly emotional when I was doing it. Yeah. But not like too, too much, right? Like I didn't even think I was actually going to get emotional. But um, I put a good amount of work into making sure I did it right. And then like got up there and um, like halfway through, the guy, guy's a firefighter, like military vet, all that other stuff. And as I was saying, like kind of choked up a little bit, <laughs> which I think just kind of provided a little bit more effect to it. Yeah. So yeah. it went well. Um, other than that, just doing a lot of fucking traveling right now. August has been crazy. I'm literally out of town 
every fucking weekend in August, but um, fun stuff, yeah. right? It's like, I'm going to a volleyball tournament this weekend, wedding last weekend. I've got a bachelor party at the lake the following weekend. So all good things, really. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yep. Um, so we'll dive into this. This is probably, I mean, in my opinion, one of the biggest things uh, we can talk about in terms of media, and that was the new CDC guidelines. So did you see what the actual new guidelines were? Uh, the new guidelines were like what every conspiracy theorist said that we should be doing from the beginning. Yeah, apologize to your uh, your group text conspiracy theorist guy. Yeah, yeah. So it is uh, those exposed to the virus are no longer uh, required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. It's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. I think the well, I mean, all of those are big. Probably the one that stands out to you and most people in the United States is like kids, right? Yeah. They were the ones that were most affected by this. And um, and now they don't have to worry about if they're exposed to the virus having to stay home from school. Yeah. And when that came out, I sent it to my wife because we had a, we went back and forth on a lot of stuff with, with school, whether we were going to send my daughter to private school or public school. You thought about homeschooling at one point, didn't you? <sighs> we did and didn't. Like that was like pretty extreme. I don't think I ever could have done something like that. There's some interesting like secondary type schools that I was interested in, like entrepreneurship type based uh, schools, that would have been pretty extreme. But it would just kind of, it's nice to know because when, when my wife did take a tour of the public school, they said if, I think it was, if 10 people in the whole school had COVID that everybody had to wear a mask or yeah. something. And I was like, fuck that. Like my daughter's not wearing a mask. Like I'm not doing that. We're past this point. Like, you know, like let's move on, you know? Right. So I'm, I haven't actually heard if the schools are still honoring all this, which I feel like if you followed everything else by the CDC, we should follow everything moving forward. So yeah. I guess we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. So being somebody that I would say tends to try to stay in the middle, it's like I try to read both of, well, just for the podcast, I kind of try to read both sides. And even like, like the Washington Post and New York Times, what they came out of like, they were basically like, this should have happened like a while ago. Yeah. Which is just goes to show you, it was like um, the biggest, I mean, the biggest people that took a hit were obviously small businesses. But then obviously what those people didn't talk about was all those people that were uh, affected by like losing their jobs or yeah. forcing to resign because they didn't want to get vaccinated when it was a required thing. And I've heard that uh, actually somebody sent me an article and I can look it up to find more, but there's a, a hospital in Illinois that's already like basically paying out 11 million in oh. like retributions to those people that they had to let go. That was something I was interested in, which I'm, I'm sure we're going to start hearing a whole lot more stories about stuff like that of people filing lawsuits of like, well, hey, I got fired because of this. And now what changed in the matter of a year and a half? Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. I'm glad we're to the point we are now. I think that who knows if something like this will ever happen again in our lifetime, probably now. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like warfare. But um, I feel like it's going to be a whole different different rollout. And, and I do feel bad, though, because there are a lot of people out there who were, were very scared during that time, and rightfully so. Um, but I, some people will never come back from, from what happened. So hopefully this is a right step to like at least ease their mind a little bit. Yeah, 100%. So on this topic, talk to us about Apple. Yeah, so Apple is requiring all their employees, not yeah, all their employees to return to office by September 5th. So they have to work for at least three days on site. And I find that uh, interesting because I feel like Apple probably leans a little further to the left than most companies based out of California, tech company. Um, but I think 
people are starting to realize that uh, you need that. And, and something that should be said about Apple is they have a really great culture. Mm-hmm. And something that's hard to kind of, you know, really thrive off of in culture is if you're not around the people. It's hard to really have that relationship when you're, you know, across the desk from them or uh, on Zoom. So uh, it should be interesting. They also laid off 100 contract-based recruiters, which I thought was interesting that you could touch on being that that it was your world. Um, would have that been somebody like you and Dan's company where you're getting laid off? Or is that somebody who was like just Matt Cresco, I'm a recruiter for Apple, and that's it? Yeah, so, so two things there. Kind of like you said, at the end of the day, like, well, looking at where Apple takes most of its stances and where it's located geographically, all that, yeah, like obviously that has to play in um, in what they do. But at the end of the day, they're a company and they're the biggest company just about in the world. So it comes down to productivity yeah. and revenue. And when you're known for, your, like you said, when you're known for your culture, right? When you're known for just blowing it out of the water, if you see people's productivity go down, like a lot of companies have, like, yeah, you're going to force people to go back in the offices if it's best for your company, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, and then in terms of the contract-based recruiters, yeah, I mean, it would have been a combination of internal and then also agencies. Okay. Um, it just depends. So most of these, um, well, first and foremost, and I don't know if Dan talked about this when you guys were talking about like the inflation, stagflation, like uh, recession, all that stuff. Um, it's really obvious who's overhead yeah. when you're at a point when a company's not hiring. Yeah, if yeah. a company's not hiring, you've got 45 to 100 recruiters on staff it's like, that's your overhead right there. And those are the people that aren't going to be worth anything. Yeah. So it will be interesting because Dan and I did some recruiter recruiting this year and it was fucking nuts. It was like every person lost good people because they were able to pay 10, 20, $30,000 more. We had a girl in my office that was making probably like, I mean, really a solid commission, but probably making like 45K okay. um, in terms of her base salary. And then uh, opportunity to make six figures plus. She got taken away by a company with literally a year and a half of recruiting experience to an $85,000 base salary. So almost doubling her base salary and then on target earnings of like 120 to 140 based off whatever metrics. It's like, that's fucking insane. And I didn't blame her. I'm like, you you have to absolutely take that. But, you know, she's really good at her job. I I feel like like she will, uh, she'll thrive. But there's a lot of people that are going to be the ones that took that big pay bump, and then all of a sudden they're going to be the uh, the last ones that were in and the highest paid and the, looked at as the biggest overhead. First ones out. Yep. So, uh, and something kind of correlating the same thing there is something I read that was really interesting. My dad actually brought this up to me the other day, and I didn't think much of it. I was like, "Yeah, cool, Dad." Uh, but Applebee's and IHOP um, have been one of the most successful chains throughout this recession and the reason they that is is because these high income uh households are starting to cut back on where they're eating okay so there's they've seen a six to eight percent increase in their in in their revenue solely from people making over seventy five thousand dollars a year which is super interesting chipotle uh they've seen an an uptick from an uptick from high income uh, families who are not going out to your Ruth Chris or your fancy steakhouse. They're not doing the white tablecloth anymore. They're just going to Chipotle. But they've lost your lower income earners who are going to eat there. They're not going there every week. They're going there once every two weeks, once a month now. Mm-hmm. So their sales have kind of plateaued and they've stayed even uh, through the whole thing. 
But it was interesting that they've rolled out special menus at Applebee's and IHOP to kind of uh, correlate with the, the loss of income. Yeah. So I remember back in like during the recession time or whatever, when nobody was going out to eat, that's when Applebee's rolled out. It's like from like 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something like yeah. that. It's like dollar, $1 Long Island iced teas. And Can't so that. me and my buddies would go there before we go to bars and just get shit faced yeah. off of them. It's like, why not? So if that comes back, I guess my big takeaway is I might start pre-gaming there as a 34-year-old. <laughs> but, uh, but with that, what you were talking about is Walmart also grew 8% in sales. Uh, okay. recently. So Walmart's been kicking ass and I think it's just what they talked about and I read is just across the board, discount retailers in general do well in a recession, which makes sense. Obviously, people want to spend money yeah. or save money. Exactly. Um, on the opposite side of that, American Airlines is buying 20 jets from Boom Supersonic. So what they're planning on doing with these is they're going to be flying from New York to London and it's going to take three and a half hours, but it's only going to cost you a cool four to $5,000. Yeah, I saw that. So if you want to go from New York to London, uh, three and a half hours on a boom jet expected to be about four to $5,000. And then did you see how fast these things go? Yeah, 1300 mile an hour, which is actually about two times faster than any other commercial airliner out there right now. Uh, this had been done before with the Concorde, which my grandpa actually flew on one of the last flights. From- what's, what's the Concorde? The Concorde was a supersonic jet. Oh. So my my grandpa actually flew on uh, the Concorde on one of his last flights from, I think it was London to New York. Uh, the Concorde eventually ended up having some issues though. I think like where engines were falling off and some crazy stuff. So that's why the supersonic jets kind of stopped. And that, that's that been a while ago now. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I know there's a couple other companies that are also going to do the, the supersonic jets. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think it'd be cool to experience, but not for four to $5,000. Right. I guess that would depend on how far I'm traveling, right? Yeah. Because it's like, I've really only tra- traveled like nationally throughout the US. And I mean, I traveled to Mexico, no. but it was like a three hour, something like that. So it wasn't crazy. I think the longest flight I've ever had, I guess it was probably to LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, which, what was that? Three and a half? Uh, yeah. LA is like close to four. Four yeah. hours. So Yeah. So that I can do. Um, now, eight hours is tough, but there's some places you travel, like if you're going to go like internationally, yeah. it's like a full day's worth of flights and shit. So it's like, if you're going to spend a couple extra grand, but you get a like full day, basically like a full day yeah. extra in your vacation, might be able to justify that. Yeah, I mean, when we flew to New Zealand from Houston to New Zealand was 16 hours. So, I mean, it was a, it was a haul, definitely a workout. But um, honestly, I never, I don't really mind flying on those type of airplanes. They're big. You get a little bit more space. It's not like, you know, you're flying southwest on some, you know, cattle car. So, it's, it is a little nicer. But, uh, you know, time's money. So, I'm sure there's executives that are probably flying internationally from New York to London that, um, like you said, if you're getting an extra day out of work out of that, it's 100% worth it uh, for your average Joe Probably not worth it other than like the luxury of saying you got to do it. Okay. Here's a question. And I, I was reading this as I was like just kind of going through some of the new stuff. Uh, have you ever fucked around with meditation? No, but I know exactly where you're going with this. I read this article too. So let's so, hear it. So yeah, premium meditation subscriptions have become basically like super common as an employee perk over the past couple of years. So the U.S. House of Representatives just inked a deal with uh, the Calm app for its staff in September, I guess, of just last year. Is that what you read? Yeah, that is what I read. And basically, they've seen that almost nobody is using them anymore now, right? 
I don't know. I didn't see that. No. Yeah. So what I read is basically the Calm app. I think that the user engagement and retention has dropped about 36% since the peak of COVID. So they're basically seeing that the, these meditation apps are kind of useless and nobody's using them anymore. So gotcha. it's interesting. I didn't read the part about the government uh, inking a deal. So that's interesting to see what senator or representative got a little kickback for signing that deal when when they're in a downtrend. So I will, but I'll actually go the opposite route. So I believe, I've actually, I actually do meditate and I've been looking at it ever since, I, I don't know, I kind of been reading on and off about it for the past few years. Um, a lot has to do with like gray brain matter studies and all like all this other shit in terms of like anxiety, depression, productivity. Like there's all these different, like it's, but it's, it's surface level shit. Yeah. Like this is like when people just started running back in like the fifties, forties, fifties, whatever it was. And they were like, Hey, we think there's cardiovascular result, like, you know, benefits from yeah. doing this. And basically people are like, if you're running, you're a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah. Now there's like, it's still gaining momentum, but it's going to need time. But my guess isn't it's not necessarily that they're not working, uh, at least from my perspective, but it's like, okay, a company is going to give you a benefit and a perk of we're going to put a deluxe, like badass gym in this motherfucker yeah. because when we're going to sign off on this, we're going to get a tax credit because these are the benefits of working out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, cool, great, grand. Now I'll work out because I don't have to travel to somewhere to yeah. go work out. Or in this case, I don't have to pay extra to go do it. But just like anything you give to people that's free, typically, like unless they're avid, like workout people in general, it's like, or meditators in general, it's like nobody's going to change their actual daily habits just because you give it to something for free. And speaking of perks, this is a place that you used to work at uh, or work out of, right? Was WeWork. Mm -hmm. So Adam Newman, somebody who was the founder of WeWork, they eventually got ousted out of WeWork. Big news came out, I, th- I believe it was just yesterday, um, that they got the largest ever check by Anderson Horowitz, which was for $350 million, which is also going into something that you're in the doing right now, Matt, which is uh, a housing rental company. So the new startup that he has is called Flow. He's gotten $350 million uh, and nobody actually really knows exactly what he's doing. The idea is it's going to be, he bought 3,000 apartments in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Atlanta, Nashville, and he's going to build it out, build out living spaces with consistent service and community features, which from when I was at uh, WeWork with you guys, I remember there was like a bar area, you know, a little kitchen area. I think there might've been like taco bar day and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to do here. If it's going to be like, uh, the same sort of concept that he had for for office, but in apartments, and if he's going to succeed or fail. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I actually hadn't heard of Flow until you had, uh, I guess, brought it up. Um, I just don't know. I mean, here's the thing. It's like if the guy's raising money, right? Everybody knew who the fuck knows who the fuck the guy is. Yeah. Everybody has an insight on what he did right and what he did wrong in that company. There's still things that he did really, really right. Yeah. Uh, but obviously the wrong far outweighed that because he took, I think it was in total, it was 21, a company that was worth $21 billion in terms of like all their funding yeah. and everything that they had in assets and, uh, and ended it with about 4 billion before he made his exit. Yeah, he definitely uh, ran it to the ground pretty quickly. Uh, what they said when they wrote the check to him is basically that, 
you know, people deserve a second chance. They think he's got a great idea. And uh, they basically went all in on him. Uh, they're kind of known for being like a golden ticket for for startups. So yeah. uh, the fact that they wrote the largest check ever, I think he'll probably end up being successful. And they've, they're probably going to put people around him to make yeah. sure that uh, he does the right things and not the wrong things. A hundred percent. And that just kind of popped up as as you were saying that. It's like, if somebody's writing you checks, like they're dictating the terms and how things are going, yeah. right? They believe that you have the abilities to move a company and get it to a spot and you can put in the work to do it. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that with that money comes a lot of like rules, regulations, and insight into them being able to see exactly how he's spending every dollar. So I don't think it's a bad call. Um, it's, you know, for a company that's done it over and over again. Now, some people are car- comparing him to Elizabeth Holmes, who is the okay. founder of Theranos. So she was charged with criminal fraud. If you don't know her, uh, she made false claims about the efficiency of the company's blood testing technology. So they had this blood testing technology that said, hey, what we're going to be able to do is instead of just a vial, instead of a full vial, right, we'll be able to just do all these different blood tests and diagnostics and cancer and this and that with just a prick. Hmm. And so she her and whoever the other co-founder was were just like blatantly lying. Um, and she's facing like hard, hard time. Oh, that's crazy. So they're saying, they're trying to compare her to both, but when, and there, and even some people are saying like, it's sexist, right? Like yeah. if this was, a, it's like, okay, I don't think it has to do with sexism in this case. It's like, he took the company jet or bought a company jet, right? Took it to some vacations, right? Took it to places he probably didn't need to when he could have flying commercial or yeah. whatever, right? He had uh, some company like outings, right? Where it was like boosting morale, yeah. but he spent way too much money on that, right? He was just fucking stupid with his money and had nobody guarding that. It's a little bit different when you're lying and then you're talking about our healthcare system yeah. and potentially patients' lives in hand. I think it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to succeed. I think it's obviously he's a great salesman. To, to bring two companies, uh, you know, pretty much to public. I'm sure this one's going to go public. Um, it's just, it's interesting to see that somebody, and it, it's one of those deals, I don't know if it happens to you when you see somebody like this where, like, they've already been super successful, fucked it up, and then they come back with a completely kind of new idea, I guess. Yeah. Not really sure. And to get that kind of money, it's like, man, like, what the fuck am I doing wrong compared to these guys that they keep, uh, you know, kind of landing in it. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I, I hope he succeeds, kind of proves everybody wrong, but time will tell. Everybody everybody likes a good comeback story, you know, um, maybe not as much when it's somebody that kind of fucks some yeah. people over. But it, as we talk more and more about this, maybe this company is just going to be looked at as a fucking genius who got this guy who, who can obviously build something, but is probably going to get him for pennies on the dollar and tell him exactly what to do. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Uh, they did invest in one of his other companies, which is like a carbon capture company, I believe, with uh, some sort of, I think it's called like Carbon Flow or something. Okay. Uh, so they did invest with him on, already in that. So they must have some sort of relationship built up they feel comfortable with. Um, we'll see. Yep, we'll see. Uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. That's all we got for today. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have, uh, if you get any um, any value whatsoever from this, our content, follow us on Instagram, um, like, review, and um, you know, even leave us a rating, like an actual like rating with words yeah. on one of the major platforms. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. See ya. Deuces.